Settle down with a dog Furry, fun and faithful, they will do what they can They've been man's best friend since human records began Now tell you, get yourself in the good life We've a message to flow Nothing in this world is quite as wholesome and good As living life with a dog Welcome back! We are on Series 2, Episode 1, and today's a special day. Today I'm joined by arguably the most successful female ever to have trod the boards, trod the boards? In London's West End, the one and the only queen of the West End, Ruthie Henshaw! Welcome Ruthie, hello my love! Thank you for having me! Did you get home okay? Do you know what? <clears throat> it's like it never happened almost. Mm. Um, you know, that's, I always feel, uh, I feel bereft after I finish a show. I should just say to people that are listening, we've just finished the musical Passion at the Hope Mill Theatre, which uh, Ruthie produced and obviously starred in and was amazing in. Um, it's a Stephen Sondheim musical and it's quite a heavy piece, but it's, fa- it's phenomenal. And, you know, weirdly enough, I haven't stopped listening to the soundtrack since I came back, which is, is that weird? I don't know. But carry on. No, no, it's not weird because um, that's what I think it is about this piece is it, the more you listen to it, the more obsessed you become. Yeah. Because uh, Paul, uh, my um, co-producer, he said exactly the same thing when he left after previews um, and after opening night, he said he couldn't stop listening to the, and you can you know, hear because you can, you can hear bits of other shows that sometimes done in it. Like there's a bit when um, Fosca meets the captain for the first time, and yeah. there's this ding 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 ding, and it's so much like Sweeney. There's so much, di- there's so many different sort of parts of his stuff in other shows that suddenly appear in Passion. It's really interesting for me. It was anyway. Well, he, he has beautiful themes that go through all his shows. You know it. it I mean, I, I I do think he was a genius. And I let's also just mention, though, Stuart, that yeah. you did actually get on. I got on. Yes. <laughs> Thanks to you. Thank God I got on. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, because I was I was I'm just going to explain what I, I was doing in the show. Um, I was a swing. So I, it, it means basically an understudy. So anyone that goes off, there were seven covers I had to do. And anyone that went off, I had to be ready to go on. And for me, it's a brilliant challenge because at my age, I just feel like my memory is going all the time and you start questioning yourself, imposter syndrome, so many things come in. And then, you know, I really wanted to prove to the whole cast that I could do it. Uh, And it was important that I went on. So I really appreciate you helping me get on there. It was hilarious. That costume comedy. It it was not going to not happen. You know what I mean? I, 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 you know, when, when it, Bless his heart, but when you know when he walked in, when the person you were understudying walked in and was sort of like ready to go and put a costume on at the quarter, it was like, no, we don't do that. We don't put somebody on standby. Say, you know, if you're not here by the quarter, yeah, because we sort of did push it back anyway, didn't we? Usually, it would be the half. Yes, shows. yeah. But so it was, no, I'm, I was thrilled. I loved it. I, I loved. I enjoyed every single second of it. It was so much fun. I, but I enjoyed being just involved anyway. To be honest, I love. I love the show, and I love. I thought the company was amazing. Just they so were funny. lovely. Oh, I know, and I don't feel like I've said this before with lots of other shows. When I did Sweeney, I didn't feel like I was finished with it. This, I don't feel like I, I did spend, spend, spend a few years ago. I didn't feel like I was finished with it, and I just feel like these shows have got such life. But yeah, yeah, it's not the pockets. It's well, I've just, I've just got back the um, uh, the recording that we did for, oh, yeah. uh, just for archive. I li- they literally just gave it to me today. So um, that's going to be sent on to, you know, Whoever. people. To, yeah, to hopefully, you know, give it a life. Oh, wouldn't that be fabulous? It'd be amazing. You never know in this business. That's the I trouble, know, you know. I know. I know. And that's, I think that's a lot a lot of the sort of excitement about it and also a lot of the sadness. And that's why, you know, for the fo- the six weeks that I was involved in it, you know, you, you run on adrenaline. I'm trying to learn, learn, yeah. learn everything. And then suddenly you finish and I've come home and I'm full of cold. I've got a cough. I'm like, oh, I don't feel very well. Did you yeah. find that? Do you find yourself doing that? Um, I think 
I was kind of quite glad to get out of Manchester. Now, no offence to anybody in Manchester, but I find it difficult to be away from home for too long. That was five weeks in an Airbnb. And you had the same experience I did, which was, you know, yes, when you got in and shut the door, it was kind of fine. But, you know, outside and in the hallways and just in the general area, it was a little scary where I was. Me too. And, you know, you didn't find some knickers, though, did you? I didn't find knickers on the stairs. I wasn't sure if I could mention that. Oh, but um, but I did have people smoking crack outside. Um, so, so, you know, I mean, <laughs> tomato, knickers, tomato. Crack, knickers, crack, tomato, yeah. tomato. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of my knicker find, though, and they were, I mean, I can't say they were skiddy. Thank God. Um, but there was the next day they were disappeared and there was a fiver in their place. And so I just had that. Did Are I you serious? That? Did I not tell you that? No. Yes. The next day on the very same step, there was five pound note and the knickers are gone. Oh, my God. I wonder why. So I took do the you fiver. Think, do you think somebody literally felt that guilty about leaving their skids? That no, I think somebody saw the knickers and was like, I probably need to pay for them. Someone with like some kind of, I don't know, morals. So he thought, I'll have the knickers, wank fodder, and I'll just, <laughs> I'll just leave a fiver there. For oh my God, work. what a road to go down, Stu. <laughs> it all happens in Manchester. <laughs> I, do know what, I do know what you mean by the whole like being away from home, because for me, home isn't home or wherever I am, unless there's something with four legs. Yeah. Actually, when I was in, um, in Manchester, I found it was the two legs and they were like, because I did lots of lives along the canal <laughs> in a good way, not in a bad way. I wasn't doing anything naughty on the canal, but I'd will come down the canal and there was these um, amazing, I don't know what they are. I think they're geese. I think they were Canadian geese. Right. And they had babies and I was fucking obsessed with them. I just literally was following them. I was worried about them. I was at one point I was protecting them. I was literally like, nobody come near everyone back. I was <laughs> I just couldn't bear it. Um, so yeah, that was where I got that sort of heartwarming thing from, but my house is full of dogs. I've got four dogs. And I know you've got a dog, but I've forgotten his name. It's a she. Her She's name. Called Winnie. Winnie, come here. Come on. Come, come and say hello. Come and say hello. She's, oh she's just God. at a haircut. Oh, she looks gorgeous. They did a nice job. Not as yeah, much. Yeah, I, I, I literally said, "Give me, give, give her a buzz cut," because yeah, because that's all I do. I don't ask them to make any shape in it. I just want her short, short, so that when she rolls in fox poo, uh, it's easier to get off than when so she's is long. She? Is she a cockapoo? No, she's a schnauzer. What is she? No, she is. Uh, yeah, here, here we go. This is the thing. She's called a comfort doodle. Have you ever heard of one? No, I have not. Yeah, well, that's, that's, yeah, you probably haven't because I reckon the breeder, because she's got, she's a cockapoo with some golden retriever in her, or she's a golden doodle with some cocker spaniel in her. Yeah, so she's a comfort doodle. uh, And I think that was just a way of getting a little bit more money for a puppy. I think you're absolutely right. I've never heard of Comfort Doodle and I've been around him a long time. I'm going to definitely ask the people that know. Yeah, please do. I'll I'll do a little thing on um, Facebook or on Instagram and say, who's heard of a Comfort Doodle? We'll we'll see what we can get back. That'd be hilarious. She is definitely, um, she's she's definitely a cockapoo, but she does have a longer schnell. A really long nose, really long nose. So she, there is, yeah, really, she's a I don't want everyone to think, that because I know you can't see her, it's not ridiculously long. Like, it's in... it's in, Yeah, in proportion. In proportion, but I, I don't want anyone to think that she's like um, a swordfish walking down the road. She is just <laughs> in proportion. She's just got this really long, much longer uh, nose than than a regular than a She's really yeah. sweet, actually. So and do you find that when you're away from home, you miss... Obviously, you've got two daughters. You've got Lily and... Uh, Dolly. Dolly. Um, do you find that, that your dog is the same? I've forgotten her name again already. What's her name? Winnie. Winnie. Do you think Winnie's Winnie. the same? Do you feel think the same Winnie, way? Winnie the Pooh. Think Winnie the Pooh, yeah. Um, I do miss her. Um, I think the trouble is she's a very, very needy dog. 
and you know they often say that your your dog basically mirrors all your sort of inside shit absolutely so maybe i'm really needy but um <laughs> She is very, very needy. She will not. She's like my shadow. She won't leave me alone. And so that is, I'm going to say something that's probably going to sound odd, but it is quite a responsibility when you've got a dog like that to, I mean, the 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 whining that goes on if I leave her and the sort of, you know, if she's in the back of the car and not the front of the car, you know, it's a nightmare. Yeah. We had the so, same we had a similar experience with our first dog actually. We had to get another dog to go with her. She was, oh really? Yeah. Well, I I think the thing is I did think about getting another dog, but it's so easy to get her looked after if it's just her. Um, and, you know, I'm going away for periods of time. So it's really difficult to try and get two dogs looked after as opposed to one. Do you find that because I know I've worked with lots of actors and especially leads, they take their dogs with them. Have you ever done that? Have you ever toured with Winnie? No, or I haven't. Dogs? I know you've had other dogs, haven't you? I have. No, I've never, ever uh, taken a dog with me. Um, I think, you know, honestly now, um the the Manchester job passion in Manchester was the first time I've done a show out of town yeah of course apart from um an out of town tryout for a play that I did yeah so I'm this this is all new to me uh and I think the difficult thing is that trying to find places that will take dogs is really difficult. Actually, do you know Even what? Renting. I tell you where there's lots of hotel chains now that take dogs. Like travel lodges have dog dog bed dog areas, and yeah, and premier inns I think do too. Do they? I mean, that would be ridiculously expensive for a normal person to go on tour at. Yeah, but yeah. it's you know for small small stuff. I you know that I always if I'm ever doing MC or presenting dog shows anywhere, I'll take my dog with her and I will go to a travel lodge. It's easy. Oh, okay. So that's something, okay, isn't it? See, you live good and learn. You live and you learn. So you were saying to me that, um, well, I think we should start from the beginning. So what was your family dog? Did you have a dog growing up? No, not at all. Um, my mother didn't like animals very much and she wasn't going to have anything that, that shed hair because okay. um, she was a, you know, a clean freak. I think my dad would have had a dog in a heartbeat and so would we all have. Um, but she, if the cats came in the garden from next door, she'd get a, a saucepan of water and chuck it over them. Oh, that kind of person. Yeah. So not into animals <laughs> until I went into cats. And when you go into cats, it's like a rite of passage. You have to get a cat. So <laughs> I was 19 and I got two cats. Um, and they ended up uh, going to my mother and father's and living there because after a couple of years of just being a house cat, I f- it felt so cruel to me for them to not get outside. So, oh, um, and my mum and dad couldn't bear it either. And um, so, th- and they became terribly fond of them. But did they find I, did the cats show like show behaviour that they wanted to get outside? Were they like? staring adoringly at the fields or whatever they always out but I lived in London then you see right. so um and I lived in a like, flat yeah and and the first time I took them outside at my parents I put a lead on them both and they were terrified utterly terrified but you know the cat was the the first thing the only thing we had as a uh, had as a child and really I wasn't a child it was my sister who got a budgie and mum hated that because it shat everywhere. So, see, Jenny hates budgies. She hates budgies. Don't no. mention budgies. She's got. I'll tell you what it is. I'll shut the window. Um, the window's open, and we've got a, a sort of little path that goes up the side, and and dogs come there, and she she always has to tell them that she's the boss. This is my area. I am a big doggy. I am a big doggy. Yes. And um, 
Yeah, so I, I never had a dog, wasn't interested in a dog. As far as I was concerned, dogs were smelly creatures that sniffed your crutch. And it was just, you know, trying to mount your leg. Bang on. No, bang on. Not interested. <laughs> and then I had um, somebody, somebody gave me one and they gave me one because uh, they gifted it. Uh, they gifted uh, Poppy. Oh. And her original name was Noel, and they gifted her because they were getting a dog, a, a puppy, and they saw this white schnauzer on the uh, on the website, and I just lost my sister Noel. So, and they saw this Noel, and they so they said, "I, I hope this is okay. We we haven't even checked it with you, but." you know we've we've got you a gift and she's flying over she was from america oh my god so i had to go to heathrow to pick her up and this just this white ball of gorgeousness <laughs> she was a, a a white miniature schnauzer yeah and i completely fell in love with her and fell in, and my girls did um and then she ended up going and being with my father um, at, because my mother ended up moving into a home um, and we could see that my dad was lonely. Oh, my God, and that's so sad. It, yeah, well, it really was. Uh, he, th- this is how much he loved her. And, and I only lived down the road from him, so we knew he would see her, but it was the best thing for him. And one time I, I'd been on the phone to my dad um, and he hadn't put down the receiver uh, properly. And I could hear him talking to her. And it was it, that moment showed me that I'd absolutely done the right thing by saying, can, can you have Poppy? Because I'd said to him, I can't cope at the moment, Dad. You know, I've got the two girls. I'm a single mum. It's really getting difficult. Could, could you have Poppy for a while? And he was like, yes, darling, of course I can. Of course I can. He used to save the fish from his Friday, you know, fish and chips. He'd, 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 he'd save the skin, you know, for her and things. Oh, and, and that phone call, hearing him talk to her, was a real moment of, okay, that, that is the right thing. Oh, and she ended up dying of the same thing that he died of. And they went very, very similar times. We found out my father had a heart condition and then she came down with a heart condition and kept having sort of seizures and that kind of yeah. thing when she got too excited. And and so she ended up um, dying about two months before my father did. Wow. So And she was on exactly the same tablets as him. Oh, my God, that's so weird. Isn't it? Isn't that strange? Do you know when my my mum's got a, a condition called hydrocephalus, which is like what it's called yes. water on the brain, and she yeah. can't walk. And I've got a cross between a Bichon and a, and a Maltese. He's an absolute asshole, but he's the cutest little thing you've ever seen. You entire <laughs> absolute asshole. But he had a seizure about a year ago, and um, and we took him to the vet. It's four and a half grand. Later, it was a lot of money. Try and find out because <laughs> yeah, insurance. Yeah. He's at that sort of age where his insurance means nothing. And um, and he's got hydrocephalus. And my, the first thing my mum said was, did I give it to him? <laughs> I was like, no, bless her, I know. And she doesn't even see him. So how she thought that. But, yeah, it's weird. Isn't that strange? And, yeah, there's loads of things that, like tablets and stuff that we take, that the dogs take too, but obviously it's different different sort of amounts. I, 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 it was even more special that he had her. Because there they were, these two people with the same condition. Two people. Yeah. Two Dog beings. And a person. Two beings two with beings. yeah. And the, the fact that they loved each other and that he was looking after her and the skin from the fish. I mean, literally, I could weep. It's too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. too much, he, isn't it? He had a routine with her, whereas me, she's lucky she gets fed at the same time every day. <laughs> well, the thing exactly it. They need that routine. But there's also schnauzers. They need someone to really like I would, I would never have a schnauzer I love them but I would never have the have one because their barks are so piercing and they're all you know my mum had a schnauzer Wheaton cross so there's two terrier types and you know a, a shadow just needs to a, a fly could fly in the room yes. and suddenly it's like rah, 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 
I need to get it. And you're like, oh, my God, no, 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 I need peace. I can't, I can't. So yeah, I would I, never have a schnauzer, but they're lovely, lovely dogs. Beautiful dogs. Well, she she really was. She was. She never so much as growled at the girls, and from, oh. and they were, I suppose, about two and four when we got her. Wow. And th- they dressed her up, they pulled her around, they brushed her hair, they did, you, <laughs> you name it, and she never so much as growled. Oh, that's lovely. She just got sat there. They they um, dyed her pink once. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. God. Um, it, I, I do believe it was with... Um, Food dye or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Beetroot juice. I'm sure it was beetroot juice. <laughs> it was, no, no, it was because yeah. I was like, no, apparently you can't dye dogs. So oh, you can. Be- no, you can. You can. You can. You just have to know the right way to do it. But you can dye dogs. I've done it. And so. Well, well, what, whatever it was, it made her look like roadkill. Oh, my God. Really? Bless her. Yeah, because it was patchy and uh, they they did it with their dad and yeah she came back and yeah what i I, do you know what i'm going to try and find the picture and send it to you because she's lying down um because she's just having a little snooze and it looks like she's passed away literally with with, like pink shit all over (laughs) what do you actually thinking about that what do you think of creative grooming as a as an art like what what is your initial if forget the food coloring and the, what you do with your kid, like the, what the kids mm-hmm. do, but actually as a, as it's part of the dog grooming industry that some people do it. How, how does that make you feel? I, I think it's incredible when you see what somebody can do with a dog. I, yeah. And, and the kind of art that comes out of it. I think it's amazing. As long as the dog is not in any kind of distress or danger. For, for, for me, it's all about that. I think you what's know, happened in our in industry, interestingly, is that um, some people are doing creative grooming and they're forgetting that they're doing it on a live animal and they're, they're seeing the results and getting a lot of attention on social media, especially with the results of what's happened, what they've done, and they're forgetting the welfare because they just want to create the most amazing design. So, And I'm yeah. a massive advocate of health and safety and well-being for yeah, yeah. the care community. So, um I try and call it out as much as I possibly can. I think that the, because in our industry, in media especially, people want specific things done. And I think it's us as groomers, as people, as professional groomers, should be able to explain to people how to do it safely or at least teach safe practices. But unfortunately, there's so many there's so many people that don't. And that sort of brings me on to my next question for you is because dog grooming is, unreg- is unregulated. So did you know you that? No, I didn't. A bit like, it's a bit like... I suppose performing is uh, is unregulated, but at least there's, and there's enough reason. mutts in that business. But exactly, darling. But for me, I just think untrained people without any kind of qualifications, especially in lockdown, when we went into lockdown, people were looking for some other way to make money. And so they would yeah. go to their neighbours and say, I'll clip your dog for you. And then all these dogs were getting injuries. And if, do you think it's important that people get qualifications in that sort of thing? Or do you think it, it's something like an art where you can just express it as long as you do it safely. Um, okay. I, I'm probably going to, well, no, maybe it isn't an unpopular thing to say, but um, you see, I think people should have to go through some kind of course to even get a dog. Um, I, I think they, there should be more. Um, I just, Regulation. too many people are, Regulation, regulation, maybe. Yes, regulation. Too many people are abusing animals and yeah. just ha- are thick as shit and, and don't breeding. understand. The breeding is like, I know one, I can't remember which country it is, but they they announced this this week that they were going to ban pugs because of the health implications, because pugs are being so overbred and yeah. they're brachycephalic, which means that they've got a really, really short nose. And they, the shorter the nose, the more money they make in the breeding, so the more they sell for. But, of course, the longer the nose, the easier it is for a dog to cool itself down because that's that's how they call The dogs don't sweat. They just do it through panting. Yes. And they, they sweat a little bit underneath their pads or whatever, but that's not what cools them down. It's the <laughs> – that's what cools them down. And so um, 
pugs and anything with a flat face can't do it effectively enough. And suddenly we've got this global, global warming thing. And every year the summers are hotter and hotter and hotter. And you just see pugs coming into the salon. They're like, I can't breathe. So it's, it's terrible and it's our fault. And I think you're absolutely, I agree with you. I think that there should be regulation and, and stipulation on how many, like, um, how many puppies one mum should be able to have because they're just That's right. I I agree, and I th- I think uh, I think it should be regulated. I think everybody should have to have like a you know a gun license in America. You should have to have a dog license. Absolutely, you should have to have, and and I think the same for groomers. Anybody who is interacting with animals in any meaningful way, and or any you know when you're grooming a dog, you need at least sort of two hours with that dog, don't you? Well, it depends on the size, but yeah, an hour and a half is no. average. Hour and a half to two yeah. hours. Yeah. And so, a, vet can't, a vet can't do what they need to do in that amount of time without some kind of sedation. And a groomer has to do it with really sharp pair of scissors, you know, razor sharp pair of scissors and a wriggly dog safely because we're the first ones that get blamed if anything happens. That's right. That's right. And I and I think, you know, it, it, I do think it's as it, – I was going to I was gonna say it's as important as, you know – uh, being a childminder and having, you know, to, to have to go through all of that, you know, you, that you have to go through to, to childmind. Um, I think it is, though, because if you if you leave your dog with me and something does happen and I'm unqualified and yeah. say the dog dies, God forbid, what are you going to say to me? You're going to say, well, you know, when did you do your course? What what happened? If I've not if I'm unqualified, the first thing you're going to do is say, well, you're not a qualified groomer. At least with qualification, it protects you. That's what I think, anyway. Well, I'm 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 the same, and it, it it sort of shows me that you've gone to school for it, if you know what I mean. That yeah. you have that you have you're serious about it. It's I've not invested, just something I've invested into it. Yeah, no, that, I I completely believe that's the case. That's why me and a woman called Judy Harris, who's quite big in the dog world, we created. You know how the actors have got the spotlight. Yes. I told you that I created the groomer spotlight. No. So it's a website that you you put the groomer spotlight in and you can put your postcode and it'll come up with groomers in that area that have gone through their qualification and done it. Oh, okay. And they have a whole profile and they can put pictures of the dogs that they, yeah, it's, it's exactly the same as the actor spotlight, but for groomers. <laughs> Perfect. But you know what, Stu, it should be an app. It should be an app. Exactly. We had this conversation, but we don't know how to make it that. You can because you can go online on the website and look at it, but yeah, it should be an app. You're right. D- d- make a dog app. Yeah. For grooming, for you know whatever whatever you 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 know um, certified vets, but you know anything for health for your dog. But an app is the way to go because that's what people are doing. It's just Everyone they want to press it, that. Yeah, you absolutely they right. Just want one press and then it's all Watch there. This space endorsed by Ruthie Henshaw. Thank you very yes. much. That's what I shall say. So you were telling me when we were doing passion that on your, your opening night something always happens. Yeah, and it's always and with your dog. <laughs> what the hell's going on? I don't know what it is, uh, but she bolted from the people she was staying with. This is the opening uh, night of passion. Opening night of passion. She bolted out of the gate when they brought her home, and uh, she she bolted now she's never ever bitten anybody been uh, at all aggressive in any way shape or form and she was running and the boy who uh lives at the place an old older lad um he you know reached for her to try and stop her and she bit him yeah and she just kept running and she ran into the road and then got uh knocked over and she didn't go under the wheel, thank goodness. She was uh, she bounced off it, um, but has been quite poorly for a while. She's back to normal now, but she. Um, I don't know why she did what she did. Um, part of me feels a little bit like she was quite confused, yeah, because she she was going from place to place she 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 knows she lives around the corner but she was somewhere else and i d- i don't know i mean these people who look after her are lovely and they adore her but she is a very needy dog yeah i've seen that's and- happened that's happened in the salon before where 
someone um because my staff are, are really told you know you don't take any dogs outside the shop don't take them from the owner outside the shop they have to be buzzed in the door closes then we take the dog through and that's how it works yeah but there was one girl that worked for me she took a dog in outside she said the woman came and she said I'm late for work I'm late for work here take this take this and like for me I'd be like no you can wait love your dog's important stay wait and I'll let you in but I'm not taking your dog from you now but she did I wasn't there she didn't um do that she took the the lead the dog slipped the lead the woman had gone the dog ran into the road so and it went underneath the car not one that was moving thank god it was under a parked car I turned up and the girl that was looking after the place was crying and I was like what's happened and she said there's a dog that's supposed to be in the salon that's underneath the parked car so there's me (laughs) walk over to the car I'm literally laying down completely spread like trying to reach this little dog and it's it was fearful you know it was nervous didn't know what it didn't want to come to groomers didn't want me to touch it but I grabbed it and it was literally just biting me the whole time I just thought I've got I can't let go because it will just scarper so I think they just do it they do it in out of fear they don't really know what's happening as soon as we're in the salon and it was familiar completely back to normal again everything was fine but I think that the the mum was like take this dog I'm late so I always say you know when you come into the salon you need to be calm the dog understands what's happening you know if you're flighty and all you know full of adrenaline that travels down the lead and then the dog suddenly starts going oh what's happening what's going on and and then it's fearful and then suddenly you're just shoved to some stranger and the mum runs off like what must the dog have thought there must have been terror so that's why yeah. I always think to myself, maybe there was a, you know, there was a rush to get in the house or something that was shopping, it was raining, something might have happened that might have made Winnie go, oh, I don't like it, I want to go home. And that's Well, I, I think that, um, I mean, I, te- I took her to the groomers today and um, she, I mean, you would think I was taking her to the gas chamber, you know oh. what I mean? It was, yeah, she just hates going in. Um, and not if if I don't have a choke lead, she will slip her lead. Yeah. Um, or slip her collar. So I, you know, I've got a choke lead when I take her to the to the vet. Yeah. So she really can't pull out of it. Yeah. And um I I just don't know how to change that. No, I say you should speak to your groom. I don't know. Is she are they close by to you? Yes. They're in the village. So every time you walk past, you should go in and get them to give her a treat and then let her walk out again. So that way going there isn't she, once you, the first time it'll be a nightmare. You'll have to pull her in again, give her the treat. Yeah. Then you leave. Once you've done it 10 times, she'll go, Oh, I get a treat when I go in there. It's nice. And it's, I didn't get a haircut last time. So I remember, so she started to, so you're starting to change the psychology of visiting the of, group of what that place is. Yeah. yeah. So she needs you, you know, your groomer should, should really have recommended that to you. If she's, if you're oh, okay. to get her in every time you walk past pop in, knock on the door. Hiya. All right. Pretend, pretend rhubarb, rhubarb, just chat about bugger all, give her a treat and then fuck off. That's def- definitely, it works. It's brilliant. Okay. But you know, I think you're right in as much as like getting Winnie's hair cut short because she's an outsidey type of dog. You live in quite a rural area, do you? With it, like, yeah. So it, it's a know. constant. She's constantly rolling. Um, <laughs> uh, Poppy, my little schnauzer. We got her out of that quite quickly. She knew that she she'd get a, a shout. You know, that yeah. she, she barked at. Yeah, yeah, and stopped doing it after a while this one is it's literally like it is the best perfume in the world and she's just got to have that expensive fox shit wow. um that's like it's just like um you know chanel number no. five for yeah. them you know but and and we are we're in you know i'm in the country so it's lots of mud it's lots of shit it's lots of cow packs it's you know and she wants to roll in it all. And when her fur is long, um, it it just ends up clagging. And it's, it, it's like yeah. Velcro. And I can't wash her every day. I don't have the time. And also, you know, there's something about that when their fur gets really long and that wet dog smell that if you're just leaving them to dry naturally, 
Does she it's, shed? Does she does she drop? No, hair? no. Uh, I don't know. You you shouldn't really get too much of that snail because there's two different types. There's hair bearing and then there's fur bearing. So hair bearing are dogs that have got hair like us. They keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. And it doesn't stop growing, which is what hers will be like. Right. And then fur bearing, they grow to a predetermined length and then it stops. So like German shepherds and stuff. So they'll stink because there's loads of dead hair underneath. But hairy dogs shouldn't smell too much, but they do, don't they? Like once when they start to dry, if you leave them to dry naturally, they there is definitely a, a dog. If the fur's too long. I think that's what it is because because the 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 bottom layer sort of it, it, the hair traps in a, the moisture and it just because it doesn't dry and I'm I'm a lazy lazy cow when it comes if I'll get her in the shower with me and I'll wash her in the shower uh, but the thought of actually getting a blow dryer on her is just I, I can't I can't get a blow dryer on myself. To be honest, I can't be bothered either. I've got four dogs and I'll just take them to the groomers. I'm like, you do it. I can't, but I, I pay them, so they're allowed. I'm allowed yeah. to do that, yeah. aren't I? Yes, <laughs> that's my bloody excuse. Do you know what? Um, it's like I I was saying today that the the thing that is the most important perk for me in my life and the gift that I give myself every single week is a cleaner. Oh, me too. Uh, that that I would rather not have the the pair of shoes and have the, do you know? Well, it's funny because when I came home from Passion, the house was all right. It wasn't too bad. But James's mum, James, my husband, his mum was staying with us and she's quite clean. And uh, and I've come home and, and I've literally trashed the place. And I, but James had cancelled. I've got this fabulous cleaner called Drita who I, adore in fact she's going to be here in about 20 minutes which is quite exciting um but he cancelled her and so I was like oh my god you cancelled Rita I had like a hot flush I was like what if she can't have us back well who are we going to go to what if she's replaced us I love her <laughs> well let me tell you what the the, the dreadful thing that's just happened to me oh, is that my cleaner um, who I've had for years and years and years, has decided to put up her prices. And uh, she she was £15 an hour and she's now put it up to £20 an hour, and which I think she's taking the mickey. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, I know it's important to me, but I there's something I think, I think she's trying to streamline She's hoping that people are going to be pulling well, out. Fair, if she's that busy and she's that good, like, why not? Like, I, that's what I do. If I, as a groomer, if people come to me and I'm too busy, I'm like, my prices are going up. But people don't like it. Bye. That's right. <laughs> that's do, right. It's true. So isn't she's it? doing. So you know, I, I've I've said to myself, for goodness' sake, you're not working at the moment. You can do it yourself. Uh, and I reckon that will last for um, about three weeks, a month maximum, and then I'm I'll be ringing her weeks. up. I think yeah. you'll be begging, and, and then it'll be up £25. Yeah. She'll be like, well, <laughs> now now it's 25 Okay, I don't care. £100 a week. Make it 30 Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Actually, I was talking to Drita about it, and she was going, because she said that she – the rent down in St. Leonard's and Hastings has gone really, really high and she's got a family and, and um, she, she doesn't charge as much as yours does. I think she charges 13. And I said, well, just put your price up to 15. I think 15 is yeah. a fair price. Yeah. And she's like, they would never pay it around here. And I was like, they will, they will, because people can't do without it. And I said, actually, I said, if you don't do that, why don't you just do like an extra once a month, say I'm doing a special once a month, oven clean, oven clean, 30 quid. And I'll clean your oven up for you. And then once a month, you'll make this like little extras. She said, I already do that. And I was like, what? What? You charge extra? And she said, no, it's included. And I was like, well, there's your problem. There's your mistake. Iron in, you could do as the extra. I've got, honestly, I've thought the whole, I've thought the whole business out. <laughs> I'm thinking of opening the cleaners now. That to find a good cleaner and somebody that you, you know, it is difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. And I trust her as well. So I've got one of them key boxes outside so, and she knows the code. She can come in and go from my yeah. house when she wants to. I love her. I think she's so nice. Well, I, you know, my thing about, <laughs> about my cleaner is 
I'm kind of feeling that maybe we are coming to the end because when I was away, she, um, there were a couple of times where, and she will do this sometimes, I'm not cleaning the house. They've left it a pigsty. I'm not. And she walks out. No, she, she does not. Yes. That's not a cleaner, babe. You've got an Uh-oh. owner. You've got an owner. Well, You've the got- thing is, she was their nanny. And then she started her own business. So wow. there's a there's a long history there. So she was a nanny. If yours was nanny first, yes. And I think that there's so much history, and it's things like, <laughs> like when I had to go into the castle, <laughs> I had to have somebody to look after the girls. I couldn't just leave. It was the first time I'd have ever left them, and they were seventeen and fifteen, and I so I couldn't suddenly leave a 15 and 17 year old alone for a month it was just you know so she said well I'll okay I'll I'll come and stay and and look after the house and everything and look after you thousand pounds a week she charged me that's the only money I'll do it for and I couldn't think of anybody else I, I didn't know what else to do because I should have just asked a friend I suppose in the end and just said yeah, do you want to earn 500 pounds 750 Sorted. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, but that's that does take the piss a bit. And and this and and putting up the, the 20 quid. Yeah. Uh, up to 20 quid. <laughs> it's just an, uh, and and her having walked out last week and gone, I'm not doing this. <laughs> she I mean, used I, to phone I, me. She I, used I, to phone I, me when I was in like I remember it vividly when I was in Billy Elliot and I'd get phone calls from her. I'm not having them speak to me like this. I'm not. And, and I was like, I pay you to look after them it's so that job, I can get on with my show. It's your job, sweetheart. Yeah. So she's lovely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love her dearly as a person. I love her. Just quite grand. I love her. I, I think she's a fabulous character and I would yes. kill to meet her because I'd just be like that, just like staring, <laughs> fascinated. <laughs> to be a fly on the wall in your house when she's there, hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, my God. I, yeah. <laughs> so, she, I mean, she just didn't want to do her job. Wow. But I, you know, I think when you've got that much history with somebody yeah. and she's known them since they were... Uh, Three and five, or maybe it's two and four. So there's there's just too much history there. She's too close, isn't she? Yeah. And I'm and I'm not able to treat her like somebody who, uh, because I adore her, it's very difficult to ask her to do things that. Yeah. That that you could normally say to somebody you just pay to do a particular job you can go uh can you do this can you do that that there's a sense that i've got that i've got a mate in the house I and i'm asking them to do far too much you're asking <laughs> too much because she's become your best friend yeah 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 well you know i think that um it's very i think it's very easy for her to become complacent she's still going to find out isn't she that's you know, it. 25 quid or whatever it is 20 quid yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's it's got you know i'll, I'll have to find somebody else so going back to shows, yes. Have you got a best show that you're in? What's your favorite? What's the, your favorite theater theater experience? Um, it would definitely, you know, the top would definitely be crazy for you when I was 25 because that was really the breakout show. It was the the one that sort of put me on the map, and it was an MGM musical on stage. Oh, I love it. It was everything that I got into the business for. Um, because I'd fallen in love with the MGM musicals. So all of a sudden I had this role of this uh, tomboy, which was me. Um, and, you, it, you know, it was it was a girl in a town full of men um, who walked around in in uh, dungarees, you know, and, and it was beautiful. Boy meets girl. They save a theatre, put on a show and and. And then fall in love all, all through it. And so it was gorgeous. And I that that one will always remain because you can only be discovered once, really. Yeah. And that that was where I was discovered. 
right. if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, yeah. and and it was, was after, such. Was that after Cats? It was, yeah. Because I, I did Cats, I did Miss Saigon, Les Mis, all of this, but I was usually taking over somebody's role, you know right. what I mean? It yeah. wasn't. And this one I created. Amazing. And so it was, you know, it, I, I was the blueprint. And that is the biggest privilege is oh, that, you know, that you get given a script and you get to say, you know, you oh, get to say right. what, yeah. It's I huge. did the that, same with. That's not, I think that's so important, actually, because that's sort of what I like doing now because I do lots of stuff on the fringe. I don't really do anything else because it's a short period and I get creative input. And so I can say, I want to walk over here. I want to say, I want to say it like this. I want to do it this way. And even though it's fringe and it's, you know, it's so nice to have that creative input. It makes such a difference on a much smaller scale. (laughs) No, it's huge. You know, to be a part of, I, I, I was the, um, original Marguerite in Marguerite in, in the West End. And I did a workshop and then we did the the show. And there would be times when we would be sitting down with a director sort of saying, this 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 bit of script isn't working because he'd written the script, you know. Yeah. Uh, what 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 do we need to say here? So you're even having an input like that. Oh amazing. And th- there is nothing like it rather than going into a show that's already running and you know there are some brilliant shows but you are going to be told to go to 10 because there's that's where the yeah. light is and yeah. you know yeah. five the other side because that's where the light is and so there's just it's not that joy of being able to go um oh no I feel like I want to do this or I feel she would yeah it's yeah. just it's to get into properly into the character and actually discover what the, where they go naturally and to find yeah. their path and yeah. to read, just read the words for the first time and see how they sit. And I love that. It really makes such yeah. a difference. So you yeah. did you and then and what what next? What other ones have you got has got your heart apart from passion? Um, I know. think definitely uh, Chicago. Um, it, I've what? been, you know, it's it's been a part of my life for you know 22 years and you play, play you're the only, are you the only one that's played all three yes oh, yes so it, it, i love the show i love the roles um i would run to be in that show anytime because i adore it and that was another amazing experience because you know you couldn't get a ticket for the first year same with crazy for you it was just nuts and luckily i, I worked in the box office so I was very lucky to have uh, <laughs> to have there seen it. Go. I was part of that company. <laughs> you were part of that company. <laughs> we we were the the go the what everyone wanted to see that show, and it was the same with Crazy for You as well. That sense of you know you are the hot ticket, and suddenly you're terribly terribly popular with people who are ringing you up and going, I "Don't suppose you can get house seats." Um, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, and 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 another one that really sticks out to me, and it was only one night, uh, was the tenth anniversary of Les Mis at the Albert Hall, and it was such an incredible night. And then the party afterwards, and there was something. It was in the days when Cameron was you know becoming huge he had you know uh you know cats the phantoms all of that but he was still sort of at the theater virtually every night you know if you were in a show of his and he was engrossed he was really involved really hands-on and and this was the first time that Les Mis had ever been done in concert and we had a 250 strong choir behind us Mm. It was one of those things that they said, do you want to do this concert of, of Les Mis, uh, playing Fontaine? And I said, oh, yes, please. And they said, all right, what we're going to do is call it the Dreamcast and we're going to bring people from all over the world, you know, the, the ones that we love the, the most. And, and uh, OK, so the stakes got a little bit higher. Um, 
And then they said, oh, we're going to, you know, video it um, and we're going to release a CD as well. So it got even higher. And it just seemed like the stakes were getting higher and higher and the job was getting bigger and bigger. Wow. And it was the first time it, it had ever been done um, as a concert. And it the, the thing I would say about the 10th anniversary is the atmosphere totally comes across in the, the, I call it a video. I know it's a DVD. Even in the CD, like you can, it's palpable. It's amazing. I love it. And and it was it was incredible. It was Colm Wilkinson, the original one, and it was you know Michael Ball and Judy Coon, and you know it, it was it, it was a real. Um, I look at it at, at Philip Quast, you know, as at, at, it's it was theatre royalty. Yeah, no, and. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I don't think I, it's, I, never, it's never really happened since, has it? Because lots of people do concert versions of stuff, but that this, this sort of immense, sort of grandioseness of it has never been really leveled. It's, no one else has got got it quite the same as that did. It was I don't think everything has changed in the business anyway. It's yeah. like um, when we used to do cast albums. Even if you're in the ensemble, you could make good money. Yeah, yeah. From the, from the residuals. Yeah. And so it was a perk of being in a new company. You got to do the album and you'd actually get royalties They'll that get made a, a difference. Bid every so often through the door. That's what I remember. That's right. And, and with the, the 10th anniversary of Les Mis, I mean, you know, I, I I was getting enormous amounts of royalties oh, I'm sure. from sure. the video and the CD for quite a few years yeah. to, the, to, you know, the kind of royalties that drop through the door that you go, oh, my God. Oh, wow. It takes your breath you know, away. <laughs> it takes your breath away. And what's happened now is everybody's got wise. It's a different business now. It's a different world Everybody's got wise. And and so if you do, even if you do a new cast album of something, you are literally making threepence. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, it, I, remember, you, I remember getting a commercial back in the day and it was it was loads. Because every time it was on, I'd get something through the... I would get that's an, it. And then Equity, sorry, I'm going to say something really unpopular. She's say it, she's saying it. <laughs> but then Equity, little by little, have absolutely devalued us to a point that, you know, uh, e even voiceovers used to be, oh, my God, if you got a voiceover, every time it played, you got yeah. something. Everything's a buyout now. And 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 it, it it's hard enough for somebody to be in this business and never have a regular income to then take away those wonderful perks that are, I mean, I'm they still do it in America because I was I was in America for four years and I keep getting checks. I did an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and I keep getting checks for that. It's only little bits and pieces. But the the, the residuals, it's it's a thing there. Whereas yeah. here, it's not. Here you have to be a dog groomer and an actor. There you go. <laughs> a dog groomer. What else? What else have I seen people do? Teaching, all sorts. Yeah. You know. To, to be in this business, if you are not, you know, I'm very fortunate. I get to um, do shows and negotiate my own wage. But in general, it's a, it's not a living wage. The percentage of people that, have, that, that reach the level that you reached in this industry is tiny. And, you know, it's it. amazing that we've got, you to all look like look up to but the rest of us <laughs> we do it's a shame i think you're right equity of sort of forces underneath the wheels of a bus because that we have yeah. to do other things and then i get really annoyed when i look at twitter and um somebody posted something about um how disgusted they were they got a letter from a graduate looking for representation it was an agent and it didn't say their their name on it. it didn't say dear ms so and so um it said dear madam or whatever and and they you know it's disgusting do your research how dare you uh write to me for representation without finding out some information about 
So I obviously came back and I was like, I can't keep my mouth shut. And I just was like, I don't know who you think you are. Like, I understand that you're an agent and that you create work, you help to create work for people. And that's amazing. But this person has probably written to 35, 40 people in a lunch hour while she's holding down three jobs. And, you know, and I just think to myself, who's got the time? I'm sorry, but who's got the time? How do you know that by binning that, that CV, it wasn't the next Ruthie Henshaw just because they didn't say, dear so-and-so rather than, and and I just think it's, you know, who the hell do they think they are? It really upsets me. And I just think I wouldn't accept it. And actually when I became, I'm I'm on one now, Ruthie, she's off. She's off. (laughs) Stand back, Maggie. Um, When, uh, when I go into auditions now, because I've got my businesses and, you know, I'm secure financially where I wasn't initially before when I was just an actor, only an actor, I don't mean just an actor, only an actor. Um, I find that if you're rude to me in an audition or if if you don't listen to me, if you look at your phone and you're not actually present, I'll stop and say, I'm sorry, you've got to pay attention to me because I've just travelled here for you. I want to do the best possible job I can and I need you to watch what I'm doing so that you can see that I'm good at this. Yes. And I, I think it's really important that as an industry, we stand up and go, no, hold on. I expect to handle Treat me like that. Treat yeah. me professionally. Don't yes. treat me like some nobody. I've done a lot of work for the last however many years. Be respectful. That's all we, we ask, isn't it? Absolutely. It always reminds me of, have you, have you seen the film Tootsie? Oh, yeah. I love that film. Love and it's that, that wonderful film. moment right at the beginning where he he's auditioning and the panel are talking and he goes, excuse me, is, is my acting interrupting your talking? Mm. And that's how you feel sometimes. I know people have got to discuss and what have you, but you know what? Discuss after I finished. Yeah. Take, take five minutes to discuss after I've, I've left. Actually, I went to I went to a, a, an audition recently. For, I won't say what it's for, but there was a guy that was in front of me. And they'd sent me and him the same amount of stuff. There was something like three songs, four lots of sides, and we had to bring our own song as well. So he went in before me. He did his audition and he stormed out and he was not happy. I could see he wasn't happy. And I was like, I mean, next fucking great. All of a sudden I'm about to walk in and he comes straight back down, barges in the door and he said, I'd just like to say that you don't send me this, 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 all these songs. Well, I paid for music calls for an MD to go through these songs for me to learn for you and you haven't asked to listen to them oh good for him he did he said it and then he stormed out good for him and I was like oh I've got to go in now (laughs) they're all gonna be like (laughs) but that is right yes it is you know when they're calling you back for your fifth recall it should be freaking paid for yeah no, you know, yeah, right. don't be asking people who are making no money. And we all knew when COVID hit, who was on the, the you know, where we were on the totem pole. Yeah. We knew uh, once again that it's not considered a proper job. And it was, you know, almost shoved in our faces by the, you know, that whole thing of, you know, go and retrain like Fatima. The poster, you know, and Fatima hadn't done a dance class in her life. You could tell, yeah. <laughs> um, and and it was so insulting for people who are in a business that makes this country nine billion pounds, as opposed to football, which is seven point five, and creates happiness. Yeah. There's so much like doom and gloom in the world. Actually, a little bit of escapism and a little bit of mental health, it's so important. And it's, you know, yes. I think that that gets forgotten sometimes how important but, it is. Completely. And also bearing in mind that, you know, there are never any riots in a theatre audience. You know, there are there are often, there is often bad behaviour at football. So <laughs> let's just really, yeah. yeah, I mean, have some value. Yeah. I think that that's that's what I was sort of getting at really is that, is that now that I'm in a certain position that I can do that I would wouldn't accept it and I don't think that anyone should accept it no matter what position you're in because I think yeah. that whoever's seeing whoever it is needs to be respectful understand that you know we're in an industry that doesn't create a huge amount of income 
like it used to. Yeah. And um, and we're all still trying. We're all still trying to do it because we love it. That's it. That's it. And because we love it, that people want us to be completely grateful all the time. And if you complain or or, or want something, um, you are um, you've got that sort of don't, don't be so greedy attitude with it. Um, and n- no, it's us. We we don't get. We have to constantly reinvent because yeah. it is not about you know, getting skilled at something and then you are just doing that same thing over and over again. It is completely different for yeah. every single show. And I am very grateful, don't get me wrong, but also, you know, it's not all roses. No, no, I'm you sure know? not. Well, because actually I was having this conversation with James when you get to a certain level, then, you know, I can't imagine how you could go to Tesco's and stack shelves in the middle of COVID. Do you know what I mean? You've Do you know what? Uh, yes, you are absolutely right. Because I remember, and I was about 30 something, I can't remember, 32, something like that. And I remember going to a friend of mine and saying, because I wasn't earning, um, I, I, I just hadn't earned in a while. And I was really you know, worried about money. And, and I said, you know, could you tell me how much a waitress makes and can I have a job? And he went, they, they earn about 77 back then, um, about seven. I can't remember what he said, but he said an amount and he said, and no, you're not going to be a waitress. Um, and I have felt this very strongly, which is that, um, I, I am incredibly fortunate and lucky. Um, my my, I I can command a fee, but then I have to keep my currency by doing certain roles. If I go and do, you know, if I was to say, okay, I'll go and do the ensemble in, yeah, um, in whatever show, I've s- suddenly you've lost currency. I've lost currency. You've devalued. So, so you're suddenly only able to go for certain jobs. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that it is very difficult to just go and get yourself a, um, you know, we 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 live off the money that we earn in one job, and I will have to live off that until it runs out and I get another job. It, it all ekes out in the it end does. so that, you know, you might get a job and you think, oh, that's really well paid. But in actual fact, you know, we're constantly robbing Peter to pay Paul because we're either in work or we're not. Absolutely. So my sister's a uh, fertility nurse and she, you know, she's always she's always going about how she saves lives. I save lives. I create life. And she's I mean, she's being ridiculous. She's being silly. But it's in a way it's true. You know, she was yeah. she was one of these people that we stood and clapped at on a Thursday night during covid but um i've just done a voiceover which was really really well for me it was nicely paid and so she phoned me and said and it was literally two minutes it was not even it was two hours of talking to a an interviewer and then they just took little segments and made it into the advert so it was literally 10 seconds of me talking and I got a nice amount for it. And so she messaged me and said, how much did you get for it? I told her and she was like, I can't believe it. She said, I don't ever get, and I was like, well, Lorraine, that's one voiceover that I have had in like maybe three years. Yes. It, like it's not loads. I've got, I'm a dog groomer. Yes. And I've got those business on the spotlight and everything else, but I've created those so that it enhances that so that I can do that because if it wasn't for the other things that I do, I wouldn't be able to afford to do those things. I'd have to be, that's it that's it and that's what I always say is that anybody who works in our business 90% of them have to have a second job yeah because very few people are doing lead after lead after lead they're doing you know that we are jobbing actors yeah That, that is basically what we are and you know we know that if you go to the Hope Mill um and you're doing a five-week run you're only getting 350 pounds a week Absolutely. before tax before yeah. agent before you know um travel and subsistence and all of that so you're 
nine times out of 10 in that situation, you're paying to do a job. Absolutely. So we do do it because we love it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, you, you are constantly, there is never any security. No. And that's quite a, I, I find that, I, I found that and find it difficult as a single mum. To not know that I've got X coming in, you know, that kind of thing. It is, it's difficult. This is why I wish um, that they would think about uh, splitting roles um, in, you know, in shows and in West End shows, especially that you can have two mothers who are, you know, do four and four. It's a great idea. Job share. Because we're trying to spend time with our, I mean, I spent all my children's young life uh, doing eight shows a week. Yeah. I, I, I didn't get to put them to bed very often. Um, and it would have been lovely if I could have earned a decent amount of money just by, do, I, I'd have happily taken less to taken do. half and half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would have been, yeah. that's the dream, isn't it? For, yeah. for mothers, that's got to be the dream. And for fathers, for dads. Well, th- this is what I'd like, you know, doing the producing. I, I hope, I hope it sort of carries on because that is ultimately one of my goals is yeah. I would love to be able to be that producer who starts that off. That would be amazing. That, what a legacy amazing. that would be. That would be fabulous. Yeah. For men and women, if it's yeah. a single dad, same. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's just as important. I really do. Yeah. I hope that works. That would be amazing. Who knows? Well, listen, babes, I think that's it. We've come, we've come to the end of our chat. Well, it's been a, a just an absolute treat to spend some time with you against you. You were just <laughs> just a total star in that show. Oh, I love you. You know, you you were the the one who you were the glue. Oh um, who oh. brought so you were just such a special company member so i remember the first day i was so nervous because i was like no one knows i'm coming no one knows what i can do no one knows me like oh my god and then because i know tom i was like oh they think i'm best friends with tom and i was just like oh it was so awkward but you know and also to walk in on a sits probe and knowing how stressful those days are anyway you know I just thought to myself Stuart just sit back and allow it to wash over you because and and I loved it and every single person was just wonderful to me I had such a wonderful experience I was devastated for it to finish and I hope it has got legs I really hope yeah me too me too because it deserves to you know I've watched it more than anyone else and apart from the sound and the lighting and uh can honestly say that you know I was never bored of it it was so it's so special it's a very special show and like I said I can't stop listening to it now so yeah um well done you congratulations thank you and back (laughs) to you very much well thank you so much again for coming on my lovely podcast I hope you enjoyed it pleasure and um, I hope to see you very soon let's keep in touch if you're wanting the good life settle down with a dog Furry, fun and faithful, they will do what they can. They've been man's best friends since human records began. Now tell you, get yourself in the good life. We've a message to flow. Nothing in this world is quite as wholesome and good as living life with a dog.